was the week before Thanksgiving and all through the house. Hey, everybody, I'm Larry Jacobs. It is Thursday, the week before the Thursday before Thanksgiving 2022. It's November 17th, and thanks for being with us today here on Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. i got my good friends here from the Center for Responsive Schools. Kristen Vincent is here. She's their director of marketing, former teacher, author. I'll go into let Kristen talk about how wonderful she is, okay? And she has brought with her, we hope, two teachers. Right now, only one is called in, and I know that's Melanie from uh, Colonial School District in, in northern Delaware, near where I went to college. We'll talk about that, okay? And I hope our other teacher calls in. That's a teacher from uh, Gary, Indiana, one of the toughest cities in the U.S., and I used to drive through there all the time when I lived in Chicago. So hopefully we'll, we'll all get together. We'll be talking about school-wide social-emotional learning. And, you know, I, I, I love the way it's, SEL is so darn important these days. It really is. And every superintendent, every school district knows this. The, the colleges have not taught the teachers anything about how to teach it. It falls on great companies like the Center for Responsive Schools, schools that get uh, great stuff into teachers' hands. All right, but it has to be school-wide, and as far as I'm concerned, it has to be district-wide, okay? So we're going to talk about implementing that and how Melanie, okay, who is a responsive classroom consulting teacher, okay, and Kristen, again, who's the director of marketing for the Center for Responsive Schools, okay, how they make that happen, okay? Like all the, like everything we do, we're going to archive everything over at ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org. It's been a huge week for us. The new issue of our magazine, Equity and Access, is up. It's a wonderful issue. Just click on the cover and enjoy that. All right. The Equity Awards. We awarded the Equity Awards on a show on Monday. It was the teachers and schools and industry partners all over the country. It was fabulous. And uh, it, it just, this has been a great experience. And I hope you take a minute to click through on our awards icon and see all the wonderful winners who won and what they did, et cetera, et cetera. And that's going to be a continuing effort in ours part to award those people who are working so hard for equity because we are the American Consortium for Equity in Education, again, at ace-ed.org. Okay, we do a lot in social-emotional learning. You'll see the link. We do a lot with teacher retention. You'll see the link. We're very concerned about that. Okay, we don't want to lose any more great teachers. Okay, not, people, not enough people in the pipeline, and we can't lose one teacher. Okay, we love teachers. All right, so we're archive this show at ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on my two guests. All right, there you can see it's spinning here. Okay, there we go. Kristen, good morning. It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. How are you, Kristen? I'm doing well. It's getting a little chilly here in Massachusetts. <laughs> did you get a little snow yesterday like we did in Maine? Yes, we did. It was yeah, a little bit early of snow, surprise. Just enough. Yep. Just enough. Yep, okay. Just enough. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. What can I tell you? How's the weather in Delaware, Melody? It's getting cold here as well. No snow yet, but definitely uh, feeling the cold. Right. If winter is coming, as I like to say on Game of Thrones, it is coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we can do about that. Okay. Melanie, you're, you're down in the down in northern Delaware, okay? Anywhere near Westchester, Pennsylvania? Because yep. that's where I went to college. Um, Not too far. Yeah, 30 minutes or so from Westchester. Yeah. So, yeah, not yeah. too far away. 
Yes, and that's actually, I think, where Jill Biden did her graduate work over at Westchester State, for goodness sakes. Yep, and I went there. Did you go to Westchester, too, or did you stay with the Blue Hens? No, Blue Hens all the way. (laughs) How did I know? Okay. (laughs) That's great. Okay, we're going to talk about school-wide SEL. And by the way, Bridget and uh, Kristen, our, our friend Bridget Kelly from the Steel City Academy in Gary, Indiana, hasn't called in, okay? And I hope she does. All right. Just so you know, if she, if she doesn't, for whatever reason, she is always welcome here. Okay. So, because I don't want to, you know, not have her on at some point. Okay. Great. Thank you. I Great. sent her an email. I'm going to send her a text. Um, as you know, being a school leader, you might be pulled into an emergency. So that could exactly. be the, That's why. Yeah. the issue for her. So <laughs> no problem. And it also could be that she's in central time and we're in Eastern time and she's going to call in at, at nine o'clock her time. Okay, that's happened too. Don't worry about that. Yep. Okay, we will get her on the show. Make sure she knows that if you if don't get her on today. Okay, Thank uh, you. Kristen, tell us about CRS, crslearn.org, uh, your Center for Responsive Schools. I love your company, and just uh, just tell what you're doing. And by the way, I have to say something. I mentioned before you were a former fourth-grade teacher. You're now an author. You run the marketing for the Center for Responsive Schools. And I always like to say this, although I want every teacher – to stay in it's to stay in their classroom. If they must leave the classroom, I hope they go into the education industry where their talent, which they don't even know half of them don't know they have, is really beloved and necessary. Okay, you're a classic example of a wonderful teacher who's still totally involved in education. I love that. I love that side of our industry. I have Thank you, Larry. Yeah, there's you're a- welcome. Thank you. <laughs> there's a lot of um, yeah. There's a lot of opportunity. A lot of growth for educators beyond the classroom. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. we do. But at the um, Center for Responsive Schools, we're a nonprofit organization committed to developing social-emotional learning programs, products, and services for students and educators. And CRS has been partnering with educators and schools for over 40 years. Amazing. We have lots of experience. And um, the founders of CRS developed an approach to education called Responsive Classroom. Mm-hmm. And Responsive Classroom is an evidence-based approach to teaching and discipline that brings together academic and social-emotional learning to create the optimal environment where all students can thrive. And they do, by the way. And they do. And then <laughs> they do. All right? <laughs> Believe me, they do. And Melanie is a Responsive Classroom consulting teacher. I'm going to swing over to Melanie. Melanie, what does that mean when you are Responsive Classroom so, Consulting Teacher. Yeah, so um, I started out as a practitioner of Responsive Classroom. I took the four-day training myself and just fell in love with the approach. Wow. Um, went back to my classroom and, yep, and then started implementing the practices wow. I'd learned um, and then sought out opportunities for more and eventually applied for teacher certification. So I had to demonstrate that I knew how to apply the practices in my classroom. Um, And then becoming a consulting teacher was another level of professional development where I learned about um, being a facilitator of adult learning. I deepened my own understanding of the responsive classroom practices um, and thought about, you know, the ways that we create the conditions for adults to be successful learners. And so then they're ready to learn the practices of responsive classroom and take them back to their own schools and classrooms and their students. Um, one of the best, prof- I mean, I've, I learned so much from the RC consulting teacher training 
that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to know otherwise. It was an amazing experience. Wow. Thank you for saying all that. I appreciate that. And you're the lead teacher for, quote, classroom culture, I love that phrase, okay, in, in Colonial School District in northern Delaware, okay, the second smallest state, but the first one to ratify the Constitution. Let me make that perfectly clear to everybody, okay? That's why it says the first state, okay, um, just, yep. just so everybody knows that, okay? Now, because I, I grew up and went to college right by there, okay? What, what is, when you say you're the lead teacher for classroom culture, are you going through the whole district, uh, and, and and talking about responsive classroom or or what describe your job lead teacher for classroom culture is it at one school is it through the whole district that sort of thing yeah no. so my position is kind of a combination of instructional coach um, and coordinator of SEL across the district as well as how social emotional learning fits in with equity and um, mm. trauma informed care. Um, we have 15 schools in our district, a, a little less yeah. than 10,000 students, so we're not huge. Um, we actually added an SEL coach for the district over the wow. summer, so now there's two of wow. us who are we're growing our department. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so wow. I do support scheduling training and getting our teachers to responsive classroom training, um, and then I can support teachers after they've taken the training and implementing the practices but um, also the bigger picture of SCL because our high school, uh, we're, we're trying to get them to take a peek at RC, um, but <laughs> yeah. they're not quite there yet. So yeah. expanding beyond yeah. just RC as well. Right. And, and that, that, what you just said, okay, is really, really important. Oh, wait a minute. I think Bridget just joined us. Hold on. Yes, she's Hold here, on. Larry. Let me just introduce her. Bridget, are you there? Bridget? Larry to Bridget. I've got her line open. No responding. Hi, I'm right here. How are you? Oh, Bridget, there she is. (laughs) Melody, Melody, I'm going to get back to you in a minute on what you were saying, but I want to take a minute to introduce Bridget, who just joined us. Bridget, I love her title, is the Managing Director of Diverse Learners. Wow. At Steel City Academy. In one hell of a tough town, Gary, Indiana. I used to drive through there all the time, but I lived in Chicago. Okay, what a great city. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. She also is a responsive classroom consulting teacher. She served in the, she has served, bless your heart, in the Indiana Army National Guard. You are really a public servant for over 17 years. And hello to your little six-year-old daughter, which you put on the sheet here, named Riley. Hi, Riley. You're now famous. Okay? So there you go. <laughs> Welcome, Bridget. Yay. <laughs> And let's say your name is Bridget Kelly. One other question. You happen to be Irish? No. It's a joke. You have to be. You have to be Bridget <laughs> Kelly. You have to be. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right. We'll move on from there. Okay. It's great to have you here, Bridget. I'm going to bring you on. Let me just finish with Melody. She was answering a great question. Go ahead, Mel. Talk about what you were just saying a minute ago. I, I, or maybe I was talking. Uh, one of the key factors is that SEL is important in K-12, but teachers, especially in high school, are subject taught, okay? They are not holistic taught for the most part, and it's harder to get SEL in there because they are so concentrated on their subject, all right? Mel, would you say I'm about right on that one? 100%, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I think it's really interesting. My my son is a senior in, at the high school in our district, and so I have an interesting perspective there too, getting to see it from the parent student side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it you know it's interesting how when we talk to the high school teachers as colleagues, a lot of their frustrations rest with their students not having social emotional skills that are developed at the level they'd like them to be. Um, so it, it def- there definitely is a need. Um, for kids to be practicing social-emotional competencies all the way through high school. All the way through. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, we always – I have to say this, and thank God there are companies like uh, CRS, okay, uh, because SEL is the, basically the number one priority of school districts everywhere. That That's time and time again that comes out on all the uh, surveys that all the companies and all the research institutes do. All right, but it is rarely taught or even touched on, okay, in teacher training, which, by the way, is a disgrace. Mm-hmm. All right, and so uh, you know it falls on people like Melanie, it falls on people like Bridget, it falls on companies like CRS, Kristen's company, okay, to put all this together. Again, the number one priority out there this year. Okay, so. I'm just so glad you guys are doing it. Keep up that good fight for the high school thing. Bridge, I want to swing over to you. You're managing director. I love your title of diverse learners. Tell us about Steel City Academy in good old Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. What a great city. Yes, thank you. Um, yes, I'm here in Gary, Indiana. Um, Steel City Academy is a, a K-12 public charter school. Um, we've been open um, now since 2016. Um, and it's it's a really unique environment, a really unique, I think, uh, culture for our students here in Gary, Indiana, and I think bringing, like, a, a different twist to what education looks like in Gary. Um, and we're just kind of, we were founded on just a, a, a vision around just providing our students with as many transformational experiences and balanced opportunities that they that they really deserve um, while being um, a part of their community and getting them, like, I think, in, involved in their community and, and getting to the point where they actually, like, Think of, think of Gary as, you know, the place that they really want to call home and want to make better. So I think it's just a really unique op- opportunity that we have here at Steel City Academy. Well, absolutely. And, and Bridget, talk about what you do there as, the, as a or the responsive classroom consulting teacher. How school-wide can you take this, okay, as you're doing this? Go ahead. Yeah, I think, you know, with us, we're really small. We have about 350 students, so with social emotional learning in my role as a consulting teacher with our responsive classroom, um, I'm really instrumental in, in ensuring that our teachers, for one, come to training to get the, the on, like, the real-life authentic training, but then supporting and coaching them while they're in the classrooms to build those practices so they feel comfortable mm-hmm. um, with the responsive classroom and then that they also bring, like, their personality so that it fits who they are as teachers. So when you think about school wide for us, you know, it's, it's like taking a different strategy and coaching, supporting, feedback cycle so that teachers can continue consistently understand why it's important so that they can implement it with fidelity every single day. Um, and I think we will, you know, we are starting to get school wide. We're taking it a step at a time. But now we started with like our elementary school. We're all responsive classroom when it comes down to certifications where they all participate in morning meetings. So my role is just to support and coach. I'm an assistant, assistant principal who's over culture for our school um, to help, you know, help him with the coaching and mentorship that our uh, teachers need in order to make this environment um, a responsive classroom environment, you know, as, as consistently as possible. I think that's wonderful. And, you know, I have to ask you this, as managing director of diverse learners, 
Okay, what does that actually mean? When you say diverse learners, who are we speaking to? About, I should say, not to. Who are we speaking about? So it's, that title is really, really unique. Um, it is. It's completely, so you have I no idea with, how unique. I, I think it's a wonderful title. Yeah, I work with, yeah. I work with students in special education. Um, so wow. in, in theory, and I guess in, in real life, I work with all the students with um, IEPs that have some type of, you know, special education um, provisions um, in, the, in their plans. I also work with students, you know, that maybe just be the lower tier students in some of the classes, so kids that are struggling academically that may not need um, actual individualized education plan, but they need some support. So I manage the paraprofessional team, and we provide those supports, and we say diverse learners because we know that students just learn differently. They're individual, you know, so we, we don't want a student to have a title of special education student. They're just diverse learners. Like, they learn they learn in different ways, um, and we want right. to really incorporate Students who learn differently. Yep, I, I put for the title change um, to diverse learners but versus the director of special education. I love that. Thank you for doing that because these kids are learning, and I think it's I, th- I think that's a great thing to do. And by the way, all special ed teachers go to heaven, and you can quote me. Okay, I'm going to heaven. You are. You're going. <laughs> well, you're going. You're going for a lot of reasons. Okay, but also this one. Okay, so it's, <laughs> it's really good. Hey, you know, I got to ask you this. I'm going to ask Kristen this. Kristen, okay, you you work with these wonderful teachers all the time. All right. Mm-hmm. I think SEL, and I, I, you know, we talk about school-wide SEL. I think it has to be district-wide. We were talking about that a minute ago with Melody. Okay, it has to be district-wide. But talk mm-hmm. about the why. You guys can do the how, okay? But we have to talk about the why. And the why is important because, as I was saying to Melanie, we've got to get it into the high schools as well. They have to understand why, okay? And how is the other part, the, the part after the why. Talk about why. Why do we need to take it just out of the classroom, out of the lower grades, if I may, make it make it make it endemic throughout the school culture, K twelve. Kristen. Yeah, there are so many re- yeah so many reasons why. Um, if it only stays in the classroom, then that's where it's only going to be taught and modeled and practiced. And so, when you bring it outside the classroom to the entire school community you are living and breathing social-emotional learning while you're going through the lunch line, while you're out at recess, while you're getting on and off the school bus. So that social-emotional learning skills, that practice, all those competencies just become a part of what everyone does. So, you know, students love their teachers in elementary school, and they really form strong bonds with their teachers. And for the most part, uh, you know, a, a strong teacher can have excellent outcomes in their classroom. But we often hear when students leave that little bubble that is, you know, mm-hmm. really safe environment that where kids feel like they belong, and they go to a special area teacher class, or they go to the cafeteria, or they go to dismissal time, and they're not following the rules, they're not being respectful, and so it's bringing all of those strategies that work in the classroom school-wide. So getting to know students, making sure they feel like they belong, that people know who they are, that you're modeling consistently empathy and cooperation and responsibility so that kids see and feel and hear that all day long. And why do you suppose, and I think I know the answer, but, you know, it is harder to get into a high school, okay? Yet 
believe me, kids' academic achievement, kids' engagement will vastly improve if SEL is put in there. Yet it's kind of always a fight at that end. Why do you suppose that is? What, what, what's going on? I can think about that from um, the district where my daughter goes to school in Westboro, Massachusetts. Shout out to Westboro uh, High School educators. <laughs> there um, you go. They've done, they've done a really strong job in bringing SEL up to the high school. And what they've been doing is just thinking about what's important for students. And, and unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe um, COVID uh, had a part in this. But making sure that teachers... Um, are not just focused on the academics. I think in high school we focus on the academics because we want students to have the good grades and the high test scores and get into a college, and it's really around academics. But what teachers have found is if students don't feel a sense of belonging and feel a sense of safety in their classes and in their school, they can't learn. So teachers have done just some subtle things like just checking in with students every once in a while or on Mondays, you know, asking them how was their weekend or talking to them about the clubs and the sports that they're involved in so that students are sharing a little bit more about each other. They can get to know each other. Teachers get to know them on a more personal level. And then you're building this positive culture and and climate in in your school. And teachers are seeing that all the students are their responsibility, not just the students they have in their English class or their science class that year. It's like every student in the building is their responsibility. So interacting with students outside of the classroom is just as important. Right. To me, it's just so important this year. It has to be implemented across the board. And I also have to say, I still don't understand why teacher training is so light on it. Okay. I Mm -hmm. I just don't Mm -hmm. get that. Okay. And I Mm -hmm. I, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. I was going to say, that's where Responsive classroom comes in because I know. Bridget and Melanie and myself also, we took the training. Like, that's how we got involved in responsive classroom. We took the four day course that's offered by uh, Center for Responsive Schools, and mm-hmm. it was transformative just four days. Obviously, in it was. That class. Yep. And that, and it, what it did for me, and I'm sure, you know, Melanie and Bridget can speak to this, but what it did for me is gave me those missing pieces that I didn't have in my formal teacher training in university. And I have to ask you something. It's interesting. I just realized this. Okay. Bridget Kelly, Bridget, Bridget Kelly, Melanie Barbas, Kristen mm-hmm. Vincent. Okay. All female. How are we doing with male teachers and SEL? There's one for you. Okay. And some, for some <laughs> reason, Bridget's not here anymore. Bridget, call back. The call drop for some reason. So Melanie and Kristen, okay? All right. I'll ask Melanie. Melanie, male teachers. Oh, there's Chris. She's back. Okay. I'm going to wait. Let me pose the question so she can hear it. Hold on. Okay. Bridget, you there? You back? I am back. I lost connection. Sorry. Yeah, so it's okay. We're, we're talking about you. All, all of you three wonderful people are female, right, as you all probably know. Okay? So I'm talking about implementing SEL with male teachers okay which by the way is extremely important okay especially for diverse groups i gotta tell you okay talk to me about that what about the guys i'm gonna ask melanie this she works district-wide melanie yeah we have um a growing number of male educators especially in our elementary schools and um a a growing number of males in our paraeducator positions as well and many of them are seeking out 
and taking responsive classroom training oh, right. um, to, to broaden their, yep, <laughs> to broaden their capacity to implement SEL. Um, so I think it's, it's something that all educators are interested in doing, um, I, I and more so in more. the last few years. And we're always talking about the male role model for the boys in the classroom. And the more they know about SEL and can exhibit that, okay, and teach it, that will really help that particular gender. Bridget, what about, I don't know, how many, are there a lot of male teachers at Steel City? Yeah, so we've got about six male teachers um, in our building. Um, actually, we have one, two, three in our K-6, and then we've got another go. three um, in our middle school, high school. How are they doing on SEL? Yeah, it's a struggle, um, I think, for some of our males because I think they're 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 more type A personalities, you know, so yeah. like when you're talking about, like, teacher language and, you know, trying to get inside of people's feelings, you have to, like, get them to understand that it's important to tap into a student's intrinsic, like, thoughts and feelings and things like that. So for male teachers, right. we're just trying to encourage them to keep their – keep their voice because a lot of our teach, male teachers may not want to lose their, their masculinity um, and, like, their, their teacher voice. But we try to tell them, like, if there's ways to use the responsive classroom approach, specifically teacher language with the younger kids, where you can still have your identity and intermingle some of the strategies. So that's more of the coaching with our male teachers um, is that, like, you're not soft. Like, we don't want you to become soft on our kids. We just want you to realize that we're working on a, a skill that they're going to need the rest of their lives and the skill that we need as adults, and we try to help them use their voice and, and use that to get the teacher language and get some of those strategies across the kids that we're trying to incorporate in our environment. I love it, but sometimes it's a little bit harder to coach it because yeah. you're really coaching, like, a lot of feelings. Um, yeah, and you know, how are you reading the room, and how are you intervening on a kid that, you know, may have some struggles or they're telling you they're not in the right space right now? That's sometimes harder for males than, than women, but I think it's also because we just have that, you know, we have that in us, like that nurturing spirit. (laughs) I couldn't agree with you more. And by the way, I don't want to paint myself as some kind of hero, okay? If I were teaching right now or when I was teaching and this had been approached, I would have given the old teacher eye roll too, okay? Because I was a social studies, secondary education, male teacher, okay? And I would have gone, what the heck's going on here? And that has to be overcome. It's, it's maleness. I loved your answer, Bridget. It was just great. Okay. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's important that we understand that as part of it. Kristen, you're the director of marketing for CRS. You know, when you hear that about the male teachers, which by the way, never dawned on me before, because I sit in a different perch now. Okay. But mm-hmm. how about male teachers just from the CRS point of view? So we do have um, uh, all, um, kinds of educators engaging in our uh, professional development and using our resources, we have a large number of men who serve as um, responsive classroom consulting teachers at all grade levels, at all leadership levels. So um, I think that more uh, men are going into the field of education and I, I feel so. like that's just going to keep growing. Yeah, I feel like um, I hope so. they're open to it. They, they understand that building a strong relationship with a student is how you're going to have success with them and that that is foundational. And so um, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good uh, direction that we're headed in. It, it really is. And, and, they, and men are great at building relationships with the students. I, I know that from my years of teaching. Okay. But we, it, this is important. The SEL is very important. And I'll say it again. 
if in teacher training they put more emphasis on SEL, when they went into a school and, 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 and saw what CRS can take it to, to the nth degree, okay, it's much, much easier. Okay, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not fighting a battle. That, that it would have just been part of the training that they have to be aware of this. And this is for every teacher. Mm-hmm. I, I love the answer. You guys were great answering that question. I can't thank you enough. All right. Um, I have to ask this. I, I just want to get an example. Bridget, I'll go back to you that I'm going to ask Melanie. Okay. Give me an example okay, of how you use the practices of responsive classroom when you're working with your students and your staff and also the parents. Okay, just give an example of what you learned yeah, from responsive I mean, classroom and go for there. Go, Bridget, my favorite. Bridget, my favorite, my, favorite uh, my, my, my favorite Gary, Indiana resident. Go ahead, go. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think uh, real concise what I've learned and then learning from responsive classroom and that I do every day, you can use it on everybody, students, parents. I, I teach your language my child every day. Um, so I really think, like, it's, it's, it's a part of who I am as a person now, the way I communicate with if all parents. Like, it, it's just a part of who I am as a person. So I think, like, that's what the yeah. approach has done yeah. to me as an individual. It's, it's a part of my daily interaction with people. Um, it's how I try to solve conflict. It's, it's how I try to, you know, create engaging experiences for the, the populations of people that, I like, I work with every day how I engage with my, my team when I'm doing professional development. It's, you know, I'm doing, like, gallery walks and, you know, four corners and interactive learning structures. So, yeah, it's a part of, of me as a soldier as well. Like, when my soldiers are struggling, like, I can be hardcore, but then, like, I know sometimes I need to, how do you feel right now? Like, imagine yourself just in a better space. Wow. Like, I have wow. to use that with my soldiers as well. So, it's a part wow. of me as a person. So, that's had on my everyday life, parent, professional, and soldier. Thank you, Bridget. And by what rank are you, Bridget? You said to my soldiers, you must be a oh, – are you an officer? Hey, I'm a captain. Yes, I am. No, Cap- Captain Kelly, I salute thee. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> God bless your sweetheart for doing all that. Wow, I got to tell you. Okay, Melanie, okay? Melanie, you a captain too? You're not a captain. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, Melanie, um, okay? Talk I about – I, about... I would echo – Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I would echo what Bridget said about how um, responsive classroom is really an approach, and so it transforms the way you just are in your world, right? So um, the way that I design and lead professional development is based on the principles of responsive classroom. The way that I would write an email or have a phone call with a parent was, was grounded in those, you know, guiding principles and the core belief of RC, um, and, you know, in, in the elementary school where I taught, we started using the structure of morning meeting at our parent open house as a way for parents to really, like, feel what responsive classroom was like um, and start building some connections amongst the parents in our school as well as the students in our school. So. It, it just it it really permeates everything, as Bridget said. It's a pandemic, and what a great answer! Okay, what a great answer! And you know, I, I think of I me, I think of SEL as you know for the kids and all that, maybe a little bit for the teacher, but it's you're, you're, it's for everyday life. Okay, and and you're getting the, the parents engaged and respectful and all that sort of thing. I, well, I got that's a great answer, Melanie. I, I got to tell you something. Okay, so all right. How can a teacher, I'm going to end this, how does a teacher, a school leader, and this is key, and I want to say, I'm going to add that, a district leader, 
Okay, Kristen, this is yours. Learn more about Responsive Classroom. Where do they go? Yeah, so um, we have wow. a, a one-day leadership seminar called Cultivating School Culture. It's designed specifically for elementary and middle school leaders, um, so anyone who works school-wide, district-wide. And this one-day seminar is offered virtually and in person, and you can find out everything about it on our website, responsiveclassroom.org. And we also have a leadership resources tab on our website that gives lots of ideas, um, some things that Melanie and Bridget mentioned, plus more. Um, and we love to work with school leaders because we feel like that is the best way that you can create change. You know, a, a teacher from a school can come to our training and really transform their classroom. But Obviously. until a school leader buys in and you get everyone involved, um, it's really transformative. So, um, you know, visit our yeah. website, responsiveclassroom.org, reach out. We're happy to work with school leaders and see how we can bring Responsive Classroom to you. You know, and, and I have to say, the three of you are, are perfect examples of the power of, 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 of Responsive Classroom. Okay, the three of you just went to the seminar. Look, look at the way it changed everything, the way you approach your, your profession. Look at that. I mean, you're yeah. three random people, if I may, who took this, and look how far you've taken it from there. Okay, and I mean, Larry, we have there are hun- there are hundreds of us, there are thousands of us. There are people <laughs> who have, you know, taken our course, and it, you know, and it really does, like Bridget said, change how you just interact with yeah. people on a daily basis. Yep. And think how important that is when you're running a school in a community. Think how important it is mm-hmm. when you're running a district. Okay, these are skills that go beyond your kids and go beyond your classroom. They're into mm-hmm. they're into life and management and everything else, and it's it's key stuff. Ladies, you are all three of you. I, I just congratulate you so much. Melanie's from Colonial School District in Northern Delaware. Thank you, Mel. Okay, go Blue Hens, if I may. Is that okay? <laughs> Thank you. Yep, that's you're great. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bridget from that. I'm, well, I just love that old town of Gary, okay? Bridget from Steel City Academy, who doesn't work with special ed students. She works with the diverse learners. I love that. Bridget, thank you, and I'm seriously thank you for your service in the National Guard. That's Both are so important. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you're welcome here anytime. And Kristen, as you know, you're welcome here anytime, okay? This is great. Thank, thank you, you, Larry. You're welcome, and I hope everybody had an enjoyable time, and let me wish all three of you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a good one. Okay, thank you both so much. Thank you. You as well. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Take care, ladies. Bye-bye. Yep. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Weren't they wonderful? Wow. Talk about making a change. There you go. Okay. Responsiveclassroom.org, crslearn.org. Ask for Kristen. Kristen Vincent. Okay. And Bridget and Melanie, you two are powerhouses. Thanks so much. We'll archive over at ace-ed.org. I'm Larry Jacobs. Check out what we do over there. Great stuff going. Thanks for listening.